Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Snowbound, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. We're on the line with Razy Stiegler and U.S. Ski Team. I have no idea where you all are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can get a little bit um, complicated in the middle of a race season in Europe. We kind of go all over the place. Sometimes I wonder how you even know where exactly you are. <laughs> well, actually, we, we it's now you know um, coming to the end of January, so it's almost I would say halfway through the season, or maybe we've even passed that, and we start to play the game of which hotel rooms you've stayed in numbers because you know somebody's like, oh, what room are you in? And you'll say a room number, and it's like not even in the hotel, but. It was two hotels ago that you stayed in 202, and now you're in 309. And I've actually comically just stormed into somebody's room yesterday thinking it was mine. And they had it unlocked, unfortunately for them. But (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is not my room. Where am I? (laughs) Now, how did you get interested in skiing in the first place? I was lucky enough to have parents that were diehard skiers. My father is an Olympian. He's um, from Austria originally and raced for Austria. And he won three medals in the Olympics from 1960 and 1964. And he um, then went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and was the ski school director there and um, met my mom and my mom's American and she, um, was a great skier as well. And they, um, raised us in Jackson hole and my brother and I just grew up loving the sport so much and just being kind of obsessed with the mountains and, you know, Jackson hole kind of became like a babysitter for us. It was less of, you know, like it was, I mean, it was a complete way of life, but it was also the, the only choice we had. Well, one of the <laughs> Our most... parents. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, just our parents both worked and uh, my dad worked out at the mountains. So we just tagged along all the time and kind of, I think built that real love for being in the wilderness and loving skiing. And I love hearing how much you enjoy skiing. Um, And then when did racing become a part of that? Um, I think it was pretty early on that uh, I had an obvious talent. I think as my parents would say that I just, I loved, I loved skiing so much and that was just the, the obvious next step, I guess. And around six years old, you know, they put us in the Jackson Hole Ski Club. And then when you got better, you moved over to, well, actually it was the Teton Village Ski 
ski team. And then we got moved over to the Jacksonville ski club, which was snoking and like the more, per, you know, the more serious club. And was that, that was like the next steps of making it into like what you were going to do with it and start, you know, kind of just start focusing on it being like an actual real thing. And, um, I guess I had the talent at a young age and I think I've always loved it. And that's sort of one of the reasons I will always love it like now why I think I'm still here because of those early years of just being in the mountains all the time and just having a pure love for it never being forced to ski or race it was always just a kind of an actual next step so racing is actually a lot of fun for you I love it I'm not competitive with other people and on a daily basis but I'm very competitive with myself and I think skiing brings that out in me and I love the focus of it and the just the like technical parts of it and having to train now with age, it's just become like this amazing thing that I get to do every day. And you're like, gosh, people never get to do this. And I get to do it for, a, you know, very basic living, but a very fun one and travel the world. And it's amazing. Now, is there any area that you like as much as Jackson Hole? Oh, it's a good question, and there's not very many places. <laughs> um, I do enjoy traveling all of the ski resorts of the world. I think it's quite fascinating. You know, sometimes we race. We have a World Cup, a women's World Cup slalom downtown Zagreb, and we have one in Maribor, Slovenia. And you have all these, you know, city events, and then you travel to Sweden, and then you get to go to Russia, and then you go to you know, the good, you know, the classic ones in Austria and Italy and Germany and then in America and you go to Aspen and then you'll go to, you know, Courchevel, France. And, you know, it's not always like glorious trips or that much fun. And sometimes it can be amazing. And you're staying in a five-star hotel where people are carrying your bags and you're like, whoa, this is just the weirdest thing ever. Cause the last hotel, we barely got any hot food. <laughs> so it's very up and down, but I like that part of it. And getting to see the world is really a very magical thing. And so what is your year like? I mean, obviously once the season gets underway, you're traveling a lot, but even in the off season, you're still not homebound. Are you? No, we have, um, kind of, I kind of have a, I have the year planned out now. I usually do. Um, so we start racing in October and we race till the end of March and then April and May are kind of our only months really have off and I choose to go to Hawaii to Maui and kind of just check out completely and have like a real vacation okay so after um April and May in Maui I get to um start my training program at higher elevation in starting in June and I'm usually doing that in Jackson most of um the last couple years I've had quite a bit of injuries so I'm usually rehabbing and training in the gym and um doing a lot more you know, kind of back in the gym and out of, off the ski hill. So, um, I spend most of that time in Jackson and then August we're normally in Chile. We're in where you go to Chile in September and then the race season starts again in October and it's back on the road and we have a good American block around November. But then from then on, we're in Europe all the way through the season again. And it can be pretty long and brutal, but if you do it right, it can just be a lot of fun. And, um, I try to treat it as kind of just a, one big adventure 
after another. And um, I think with age, I've actually loved it more. Now, you, you say you've had a number of injuries. How do you come back mentally from that and and face that year in, year out and, and go through your rehab and stay positive? Yeah, I I don't know. I honestly can't really pinpoint what it is or how I've been able to do it. But I can just think about how it's clear as day for me. Every injury I've ever had, I it happens. And I am, of course, incredibly upset. And there's a lot of hardship and a lot of bad that goes along with it all. But I can't even – something happens to me. I, like, turn into this completely – different person because I would say you know I have as many bad days and I'm as negative as the next person but with injury I I get this like crazy person in me that's just like well there's only one way but up and you gotta go and like every second of every day I'm just not you know like I'm not pushing it or doing anything like have this mental ability to somehow shut out all the bad and be like nope we're going to make it every day. We know we're going to make it. And it's, I don't know. It's really helped me. No, I feel really, really lucky to have that mind. It's really interesting to me because you said you don't really feel competitive against other people. And it's almost like you rehab, you're competing against yourself there. I think that's where it comes from. It's just, you're so, you know, like I've never once been like, Oh, I wish I, I mean, you always wish that you were out there, but I'm not watching the races like, oh, that person got, you know, a top 10 or a top five, and I could be doing that. It's more like I sit there in the gym and, like, look at myself, and I'm like, no, you could be doing better. Like, what are you doing? You could be on the spin bike or the arm bike or, you know, you could be doing Pilates. Like, you're on your other leg, and <laughs> it's like a funny push. Like, it's a little demon inside of me, but it's pushed me to come back every time and a lot of times stronger i'm lucky i have that little like fight in me so i want to talk about that competitive attitude you have for yourself what are you like in training uh on your training runs are you just as hard on yourself there um yeah i have a i think my mentality is that but i actually struggle quite a bit with um getting pumped up if you will for training. I'm such a racehorse. I love racing. You put me in the gate and I'm just go, go, go. And, um, very rarely am I not giving it a hundred percent or charging into it, like with a bit, like a lot of ferociousness. But, um, in training, I have a harder time of just not necessarily focusing in. Sometimes I'm focusing too much or I want it too much, or I'm just, uh, like almost not burnt out, but sort of uh, get to training and I'm like, oh, this just isn't the same feeling, but I know I want to, I mean, I work really hard. So the improvement, I know how to do that and like focus on something to improve. But a lot of times it's hard for me to compete in training and I get beat quite badly by most of my teammates, which can be a bit discouraging or, you know, kind of like what's going on. Am I doing the right thing? And then, um, I get to the race and it's like like black and white compared to the training. And I am glad it's that way and not the other way. Not but the other way around. <laughs> uh, Yeah, that would be terrifying. But it's it can be quite strenuous on me to consistently keep up with. Because, I mean, 
that's where you make the most improvements, I would say, is if you have a block of training and you improve in the training and the harder you work there and the better you do there, then obviously you will do better in the races. And then I've had it where, you know, you overtrain or you um, aren't focusing on those certain runs and then you're under training and then you didn't get everything you needed out of the training. And it's like this weird, you know, tug of war sort of. And a lot of it's mental. And um, that's one of the things I've been working on in the last couple of years is just trying to really make a lot of the training runs worthwhile and progress forward with them so that I can improve in the races. Now, what is your favorite discipline? Not the one maybe that you're best at. What's your favorite? I really do love GS. GS was always my favorite event and it was always my hardest event. GS can kind of be like um, a bit heartbreaking, you know, chasing after um, it's sort of like chasing after that guy or girl that you want so badly and then they just won't give you what you want. And, um, you know, it's just such a tough love. It gives you so much. And when you're on it in GS, it's the most, ma- you know, the most magical, amazing feeling. And I really think that GS is sort of the core event of ski racing. I mean, you know, downhill's spectacular and slalom's really fun and I'm good at it, but GS is like everybody has to ski GS to be able to ski race sort of, you know, like that's the basic skills of racing and uh, GS can be so, you know, difficult in the way that it can just tear you down and, um, you know, it's such a challenge, all the details in it and how it can just be on one moment and then off the next and um, you can see it in the history of, you know, the, I mean, the most recent would be Ted Ligeti and how he's just mastered GS completely and no one can figure out what he's doing or everyone's trying to do it. And then he has the next second he's not doing it or maybe somebody figured it out better and he's just, you know, probably questioning himself what's going on. And so I think that the details of GS and it's such a core event and every athlete has to have those basic skills skills to ski GS to, you know, be be up there at the World Cup level. And uh, I think it's just one of those events that's so lovely and disturbing and difficult. And um, it's just, it's, it's really, it's, a, I kind of describe ski racing, how it can be so hot and cold at times. So Razy, what event do you have coming up next? At the moment, we're gonna we're gonna train for a couple days, and get prepped for the next World Cup, which is in Maribor, Slovenia. Well, I wish you all the best. We've got a little shaky internet connection, so I want to let you go ahead and get back to yes. all the things that you need to do. And we're really looking forward to checking <laughs> in with you on a very regular basis. So we are going to be following Razy Stiegler throughout the rest of the World Cup season. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, Razy. Thank you so much. I look forward to the next meetings and greetings. As do I. You've been listening to Snowbound, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.